Hello and welcome to the Grid Slot Gather Racing Podcast. You're joined by Tucson0208, myself. Uh, me, Tiger Assassin. And me, G. And what we're aiming to do here with this podcast is provide everyone with a bit of escapism during this difficult time for all of us. Uh, this podcast will be weekly, starting on a Monday. We hope to get every episode out by Monday. It will focus primarily on uh, Gabriel Racing, because that is the point of this uh, podcast, to get the word out about all the races we have for all the events, get some drivers in and stuff like that. That will be happening from episode two, I can confirm. Uh, you'll have to wait to see the special guest, obviously. And we are going to kick things off straight away with what happened in Gavra Racing this week. So moving on to our first story, X Natty, what was your favourite race from last week? I'd say my favourite race, uh, Freshman League race at Belgium was probably my favourite race. We had a quite a lot of overtakes, a lot of crashes and a few safety cars. So yeah, different strategies as well with um, the Ferrari driver. Uh, trying to stay out on those medium tyres. Yeah, obviously, uh, Belgium, Spa, very very technical track. They're very tough for all the drivers to get right, you know, 22 times in a row. Uh, What about you, Tiger Assassin? (laughs) I hope you have a different answer than that. I mean, I'm sorry, but I think it's going to have to be the same. It was was an outstanding race, watching it all, watching all the all the drama happening and uh, especially some of the some of the crashes that happened. There was some huge, huge um, Tissues like events that happened during that race, and uh, yeah, it's the one that stood out for me as well in that in that week of uh, in that week of racing. Uh, yeah, now obviously there were some crashes in that race that had some quite big implications on the championship in the freshman league. But uh, before we get to that crash, obviously there was a uh, quite a large incident behind the safety car there with a uh, UX Natty, and I believe some lag was involved. So, from your perspective, what happened there? So. I was driving, as you do, quite casually, going up her rouge, and then I, bit of lag, bit of lag, um, my car was like rubber banding forward and backwards, and then after I like rewatched the video, slowed it all down, I lagged in front of the safety car, and then unghosted, the safety car's hit the rear of my car, and then I've, my left rear's blown up, and then out of the race from P2, yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. I mean, I think me and uh, Tiger have to slightly apologise for that one there because I mean, we gave you a bit of a commentator's curse. Yeah, we did a bit. I think the second um, that I started talking about how the Williamses were in very good positions, I just looked on my Williams screen. Williams 1-2. Yeah, exactly. And I looked on my screen, there's a Williams mounted <laughs> on its rear right wheel there. So, uh, yeah, it's a very unfortunate incident there. We were all very confused. I mean, we we, we were sat there and uh, we were sat there and the safety car was perfectly normal and usually nothing happens in the safety car. And then suddenly you were you, you were in the air and then you spun around and then you were out of the race. It was it was just to us, to me and to saying it was mind boggling and what happened. Tragic. I think I literally remarked on this uh, on the stream there what manner of thing has happened here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a, the exact or, words you used it was it was a, <laughs> it was a good set of words to use it was uh it was it was it was a very very important moment in the race and uh it allowed some other people to get podiums actually due to that so well yeah that's true and obviously not the possibly not even the most shocking moment of the race there because pepelec who has had in let's let's before we go on pepelec has had incredible qualifying pace i think we can all agree incredible, on that incredible yeah absolutely incredible amazing qualifying. 
yeah, exactly. But in the in the race, he seems to either fall off the cliff with the tires or something like that, or he just gets bad luck I, in wheel to wheel racing. I I think maybe I think maybe like a lot of the drivers do. They try to push too hard. Like they try to go for like an aggressive sort of aggressive racing when sometimes that isn't the case. Like sometimes they maybe need to, you know take it back for a bit for a few laps you know go as you are and then kind of push when needs be so maybe he's just having trouble to kind of trying to find that balance between you know pushing for that sort of those positions and then or it could be just be maybe just he's getting quite unlucky as well but could be one of the reasons why he's not having uh, as much luck in the races as he is in qualifying uh, yeah i'd largely agree with that what about you natty uh, I'd say consistency during the race is obviously key. It's a long race, about, you know, some races are quite 40, like 45, 50 minutes sometimes. So I feel like if you can qualify up there, it's best to stay up there. If you lose a few positions, don't go too aggressive all the time. Just try and be consistent. And then hopefully he'll get a good result. Yeah, some uh, words of advice there from Ex-Nanti, who is now a race winner in Gover Racing, what I just add, so <laughs> wasting a long first time for that First win in Austria as well, like, I remember two mm. reaction, it was, uh, and it was something, as you came flying around that final corner, went across the line, you won, it was uh, quite a reaction up in the, up in the commentary box. <laughs> I could, I just couldn't believe he'd actually done it. <laughs> yeah, two disconnects, that ain't stopping me. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, obviously, continuing with our Pepelec theme, well, it's not going to be all about Pepelec, we promise, but uh, obviously, there's added controversy during the Belgian Grand Prix for the Freshman Series when Pepelec and Holland Campion gave, uh, came together at the final corner of the Nouvelle Chicane. Uh, from my perspective, because I was actually riding on board with Holland Campion at the time, because obviously, as all the commentators who do F1 2019 will know the camera angles that the game chooses are sometimes very, very bad. Um, but obviously, when I was on board with Holland Campion, what it looked like was he came off the right-hander and he may have had a run on Pepelec, but Pepelec came over too much on on him. And so once he'd hit the right, the right front of the Red Bull behind, he just speared off into the, into the Armco barriers there. And there's nothing much that either of them could do to save the situation. I think from the stream, it looks a little bit different. Maybe Holland Campion wasn't. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, it was, it was, it was actually an extraordinary crash to look at. Um, it was almost sort of, oh, it was very realistic. I have to admit, like, um, the way he hit the wall and the way his tire came off and the, the suspension, the suspension failed as well. It was, uh, it was quite a remarkable crash as well. And, uh, it shows how like the actual game itself isn't far off what what it is in in real life but it was a, it from my from the angle that i had it it seemed like uh, as they came down that drs straight into that those couple of corners there through that chicane it was the, it was more of a coming together as they were wheel to wheel and uh, it did look like Campion maybe could have given him a little bit more space on the outside as he came round, but it was it was tight to call. So it'd be interesting to see how how the stewards deal with it and what their how how their angles were on the uh, on this on the um, on the crash. So it'd be interesting to see. Now, obviously, also 
continuing with our Pepelec theme once again. Um, <laughs> Pepelec getting all the headlines. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's making headlines in Gravel Racing. It's his rookie season as well. We, we, once again, I promise it won't be all about Pepelec. But he did also possibly incur the wrath of the stewards uh, earlier on during the race weekend, where during qualifying, he went out on track despite having a LLP2, I believe it was, which meant that he couldn't go out until yeah, the last five minutes of qualifying. But he was out on track and did set a lap time early on. Um, ex Natty, though, might be able to shed some light on the subject for why that possibly was. So I, I'm not sure why he would go out on track, but um, yeah, obviously with an LLP2, if it was an LLP2, I think, um, five minutes at the end of the session. So that could have given him the advantage. Like if, let's say, for example, if it was dry for the start of qualifying, but then turned out to be wet for the end, then that could have given him a major advantage. But yeah. Hey. Was there was there enough communication between him? Like, was he given enough information to be told you've got this LLP two, you need to start, you need to like come out just before, like five minutes at the end of the qualifying session? Like, was there? What was the communication like, like Ooh. between drivers and? Because now you would know since you are a well, yeah. both of you would know actually. Do you know what the communication is like with penalties? Um, well, I mean, well, I'm. I'll let Natty answer. Um, I was. Gonna, I'm not sure if how many drivers check the championships on the website, but all the penalties are often put on the on the um, on the websites in your league, and it shows you what LLP you've got. I'm not sure if it was told like directly before the race, but as all drivers should really familiarise themselves with the uh, Gavra Racing website, yeah. like, uh, Gavra Novik does put a lot of effort into to uh, put up for everybody. As uh, we don't also we also don't just focus on um the F1 2019 stuff here. We do have other championships running as well, such as the Project Cars and Project Cars Two. We have a lot of championships running currently. The GT3 Project Cars Two Academy Janetta Evo Championship and the Ferrari 333 SP. If I can get that out properly, <laughs> <All hand-based laughs> it's just this a week. bit of a tongue twist to that one, isn't it? The uh... yeah 333 SP. <laughs> <laughs> As a, I believe Alachamps is currently leading the championship in that one. I believe he also won the most recent race in Mugello. A very nice track to drive that one, actually. Uh, is I really enjoy it. It's a lot of uh, medium high-speed corners, which I personally like myself. Uh, I love those uh, high downforce corners with high downforce cars. And the Genetta Evolution race, which I actually think is a very interesting way of doing a championship so what happens is after each leg and there are four legs in the championship the cars change so they started i believe with a Ginetta gt4 car for the first four rounds then moved to a gt3 car for the next four and i believe it's going to there's two more uh, leagues left i'm not sure too sure what they're on now but i know for the end there's going to be a Ginetta lmp3 car that they're going to be using i'm certain of that more or less that's quite, and obviously- that's quite interesting that actually i didn't know they did that to be honest with you I, I um i thought it was just one car but that's actually a good way of uh of, of running a race because it it challenges the drivers like each week to change up how they race for the um for you know for the likes of like the different cars and how they drive differently to other cars so uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, in that race, a very quite a, quite a large grid for our Project Cars 2 um, people there. There's also in the Project Cars 2 Academy. So for those of you who aren't familiar with how Gavra Racing works, there is the Academy series where all fresh new drivers who have just joined the league can go and race amongst uh, people like themselves who have just joined the league. They prove themselves in that academy and then they receive a license to go and participate in other Gavra Racing 
championships. And so obviously, if we believe there were two two rounds that were held at Alton Park, uh, the first of which was won by Deck Point Two, and the second by, I'm going to say that, Brunon Kolef? Brunon Kolef, I believe. And to <laughs> and to continue with our Project Cars 2 conversation, the GT3 Championship has also been running this year. It is in its uh, third leg, I believe, with points being collected after each leg, which helps decide the championship. Uh, and at the, that racing is a lot like the, what we have on Gran Turismo Sport at the moment, which is another kind of GT3 league. Obviously, Gran Turismo Sport has a lot more concept cars and stuff like that than Project Cars 2 does. Project Cars 2 is obviously more of a, a hardcore, realistic sim there. Uh, but it just shows the diversity of racing that we have available to drivers here at Gavra Racing. And obviously, we were all involved in the Gran Turismo Sport race that happened uh, last Thursday, I believe it was, Tiger? It was, yeah. I mean, Natty uh, would yeah. know as well. <laughs> yeah, Natty yeah, would know as well. As uh, the uh, lead commentator in that series. But I'll, I'll, we'll get to, to my thoughts on the race later on because, yeah, we'll go to Tiger Assassin first. So how was your, your driving experience with Grand Chisholm Sport? Sorry, well, I completely zoned out there. Can I say that again? <laughs> Sorry, I completely zoned out. That's going on the bloopers. <laughs> so the question was... <laughs> oh, I completely zoned out. As a, so the question was, what? Um, how was your driving experience on Gran Turismo Sport in the championship? Uh, to be honest, I have really enjoyed... Like I, For me, I'm better on... Gran Turismo than I am on F1, which would seem weird, but I think it's just the way the way Gran Turismo like drives everything. I think it just suits me um, suits me better. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that, and I'm looking forward to uh, to the other races. And I only race on the controller or the pad, as some people call it. But I'm going to try and use the uh, the motion sensor on it, see if I can maybe get a little bit more speed out of the car than I did in that race, because. Uh, I was uh, only down in seventh, which was I was disappointed, but I was happy at the same time because I did get a good amount of points, but not enough as I was wanting. As a, I think my race in a bit of an opposite one to <laughs> to, <laughs> to uh, Tiger said, not to be too rude. As uh, <laughs> as my race started, I was uh, I was on pole position. Uh, I was leading most of the race, and then uh, I believe a crash happened, which allowed the other Mercedes in the race of Duke underscore SL64, or as I like to call him, Satan, uh, to come past me <laughs> and take the lead of the race. Uh, I then, but because earlier on in the race I'd made a mistake, I thought we had to choose two different compounds of tyre when we didn't. I pitted for the super soft tyre, which is the grippiest tyre that you can have. I was trying to chase him down, but traffic and everything like that, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I know it sounds like it, but at the end of the day, it was, kind of, it, it was my fault, so uh, it's, very, it's a good race, though. A very good race. It's very tense. The the battle between between the two at the front and the clumps of cars that we had, you know, battling all up and down the midfield. I think I, I, I had a quite more... a battle. I was in a battle with between three people at one point. There was me, someone else, and then someone else. But I managed to somehow find some extraordinary pace at the end because I pitted for a new a, a new set of super softs. And uh, put, I uh, gave myself a, just enough fuel to go to the end of the race in, in uh, mode one. So I managed to find myself some extraordinary pace and, and took made two overtakes in the last ten minutes of the race, which got me my uh, my seventh position. So I was quite happy with that. 
Uh, yes, I think obviously ex Natty is a commentator that kind of the uh, the all seer over what happened in that yeah. race. <laughs> you know all the, the action was, I think. Uh, really early <laughs> I mean, on. Yeah, really early on, we had um three way battle for fifth place, I think it was. We had uh, GJ, Joe Black, and Bowie all going at it, and then uh, that ended uh, quite suddenly with a collision, and then pit stops, and the different strategies changed uh, that little battle. Mm. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the 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 thing about Grand Turismo Sport with the Group Three cars is obviously there's no DRS or anything like that with um with like with Formula One to make overtaking a little bit easier. So it it's very challenging to make overtakes yeah. on Grand Turismo Sport, but it means you get the build up of the tension before the overtake actually happens, where you know that you're trading fastest laps, the guy behind you gains like two tenths, and I'd be like, oh no, I've got to gain more time now, and it forces you to push the car. I feel like more than F1 does because you know that you've, oh, I'll, I'll just stick behind him for like you know most of the lap, and you'll get DRS and go be able to fly past him. Once Definitely, again. yeah. Mm. But obviously, we don't also only run Gran Turismo Sport League Sedan Gravel Racing. We also recently had the addition of a Dirt Rally Championship, which is uh, run by one of my good friends, One Shoot Two Down. So please go and uh, check him out on PSN. I'm sure he'll be more than willing to get you involved in the next championship of, Gav- of the Gravel Racing Dirt Rally um, Championship there. But an incredible 39 drivers that's have joined that series. Uh, yeah. To honest, uh, that's probably helped by the fact that it came up free for PlayStation Plus, didn't it? Um, yeah, that's true. But, but I can imagine a lot of people who enjoy it because there's not many rally leagues out there like on on consoles. To be honest, it's already mainly like obviously said GT Sport and and the F1 leagues and any other racing games that there are. It's usually just them. So there's not really many rally rally leagues in uh, that I've seen anyway in uh, in certain different leagues. So that's probably why it's so popular. As a, yeah, I couldn't quite believe it when I saw how many people signed up for that. I was considering doing it but i downloaded the game after um about two days <laughs> it was on the, the PSN store. yeah me neither i don't know if you tried it nasty <laughs> no I, I haven't been on the dirt rider game no oh, okay well, you, you should tr- uh, you should try it it's it's fun but it's it, it can get quite frustrating <laughs> it, it's it, it i think what it is is it's very very realistic like that's what makes it for probably most people very enjoyable for me i, I really couldn't get my grips around it like um to me, the rally and it's not my main interest. I'm more interested in, in F1 and that kind of that racing. So I couldn't really get my head around it. But for people who are interested in rallying, it's a it's a it's a very very realistic and very good game to go check out. Mm. As uh, now we enter the section of looking forward to what's happening this week when the podcast goes out but hopefully next week when it's meant to go out normally there's a bit of confusion yesterday that's why this one might be a bit late so looking forward to this week in gather racing obviously at the time of recording none of the races this week have happened so today in about three and a half hours which i need to go prepare for we have the premier series race <laughs> in mexico which could see a potential championship decider as could the super league tomorrow at 8 30 both races happen at the same time and then later on in the week we have the repetition of all of the aforementioned project cards two leagues happening this week obviously last week there was no uh, premier series or super league events as it was break week for us lot and I believe that's it, except for the GT Sport League, which happens on Thursday, which me and Tiger both need to do a lot of practice for because we we haven't started yet. But we'll keep that one between us, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, so that's all of the stuff that's happening this week. Uh, title permutations, though, which I have spent much, much time calculating. So Too much time, I, I think. If, yeah. <laughs> if, my, if my maths is wrong, uh, I apologize. I'm sure you guys will uh, correct me in the comments if I was wrong or are wrong. But uh, from my understanding, what has to happen this evening for me to win the championship in the Premier Series, so if you haven't seen that series, please go watch it. I'm currently winning it and could win it, so please. <laughs> uh, I need to finish uh, fourth or better to win the championship with my championship rival Shankster 11 outside of the points. So I need that I'm, I'm point expecting gap. some sort of trophy or something. Oh, I'm expecting Gavrich to send me like a, a trophy made of like pure diamonds if I win the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> diamond trophy. Where's he getting that budget from? <laughs> Yo, he'll make it happen. Trophy. He he's a he, he's happen. a man of many talents. A man of many talents, Gavrich ninety one. There's a lot of stuff around for our community, so we can go racing. And in the uh, Super League, again, very another very con closely contested league. Uh, play Dutchy can win the championship if he finishes seventh or above with his championship rivals, Attengren and Piera, I believe, outside of the points. So Play Dutchy must finish at least seventh to win the championship. And that concludes the Gavra Racing segment of our little podcast here, as now we go into the realm of real-world racing. As uh, obviously we're looking forward to next week with uh, Gavra Racing stuff, looking forward to the rest of 2020, there's a segue for you, for the F1 season to eventually start. But before we went into lockdown, obviously, we did have F1 testing. And at that test, Mercedes revealed the DAS system. So can you explain a little bit about what the DAS system is and how it works for us, Tiger? Well, the DAS system, okay. So it's quite a, it's, it's, a complicated system to get your head around obviously when you first learn it but it's actually quite simple it's to increase corner speed and actually straight line speed so the default um the default way the front tires are um are laid out on a normal f1 car so they are like far uh, slightly five degrees i think it's five or ten degrees outwards facing outwards so they can um get but basically take better cornering so uh you know the car fo follows nicely through all the apexes and uh, takes the corners very nicely but what mercedes did was they thought well on the straights if the wheels are going facing outwards not facing forwards so there's friction which is slowing the car down and you're also getting tire wear so they thought well what if we can change it so it goes straight on the on the uh on the straights and then it can go turn outwards so then we can get uh, speed through the corners and that's and that's what they did they uh, they made a system which allowed the uh the steering column to connect to the axle and then when the wheel was pulled outwards on the straight the wheels would go straight so they would increase the straight line speed there would be less tire wear and less friction so the tires would last longer um, but then the driver could actually push the wheel in on the corners to then make the tyres um, move outwards, so then they could get the, also the better cornering. So uh, it was a very interesting system, but now has been banned because uh, it was uh, in, in, apparently it was improving their time and testing by about five tenths, I believe. It was something ridiculous like that. So uh, it's I think it's been banned for next season, which is interesting. 
Uh, yes, obviously Banfield next season in 2021, despite the regulations being pushed to 2022 now, I believe, for the new cars. Uh, but with the races that seem to be left on the 2020 calendar, uh, Ex-Nati, what tracks do you see Mercedes having an advantage from uh, with that DAS system? I think the biggest track that they could get the biggest advantage from would probably be Silverstone, thinking about it, if it does go ahead, because... Obviously, Silverstone, you've got like quite a few straights, but also a lot of high-speed corners. You've got Cops, Maggots and Beckett's. A few... Tire wear can be quite tricky on Silverstone, so I think uh, Mercedes have got a really good system for that track. I think that track will definitely be one of the top tracks that will help them out in the race. Uh, I think also if we're talking about tracks that are high speed, we can't help but mention Monza as well. Obviously, with the decreased scrubbing from the from the ability to pull in the front tires like that, with the higher top end speed, you will assume that they'd have a a size a, a, a minuscule but sizable advantage yeah. if that makes sense think, over I the rest of the field. I think it's what it is. Is it 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 brings up like a few temps per sector. Which uh, in F1, that I mean, in real life, that doesn't like in just the general world, like a few tenths of a second is is nothing. But in Formula One, that is that is a big difference in in time. Like it's in, like it's incredible how close those cars are in time between each other. So that they're making up tenths and tenths between sectors is is a huge thing. And going back to Silverstone as well. Um, that probably would be they, that probably would be their strongest track because they they probably would have tested their car um, at Silverstone because the, the that's where they test, usually test most of their cars because their uh, factory is only about ten minutes down the road I believe so that's usually where they test all of their all of their cars anyway all the F1 cars so mm, yes yeah, a very uh, interesting insight there from uh, you two thank you for that one and obviously with the current uh situation i don't know if we can mention a name on youtube or not at the moment but um just to ensure that we don't run <laughs> into any the issues disgusting thing the, the horrible yes. horrible thing yeah exactly we'll just call it that as it looks like the f1 2020 season will start from austria at least that's what they're aiming for and i believe mm-hmm. the italian I've... grand prix has had a confirmed date of i think the 27th of september September, or that might be um, incorrect. But with a shortened season, obviously, this season between 15 and 18 races instead of the usual 22, which is a record breaking amount that we were supposed to have this year. But with a shortened season. Vietnam Grand Prix, wasn't it? Sorry, but uh, yeah. Dutch and Vietnam Grand Prix, the new brand two. Well, one of them was the track coming back, but the other one was one brand new track, which looked very, very, very exciting. I was really looking forward to that track. Yeah, I was looking forward to uh, Vietnam being on the uh, on the calendar as well. I think obviously it will still be in the F1 2020 game. So I think once we get all the drivers have who participate in the F1 championships, you know, come together, we've got our setups done and everything. The grid is organised. I, I I really hope that we can have that track on the calendar once the game comes out. Obviously, as uh, the shortened season probably will have quite a uh, large effect on the championship. Each race will count for more than it usually does. So. Who's going to be champion, boys? <laughs> uh, I'll throw oh. X-Nating at the deep end here. <laughs> I reckon I reckon Lewis has probably got it this year with the new... I want to say one of the Ferrari boys. I want to say a Ferrari driver, but I think the new DAS system will definitely give 
Mercedes is a huge advantage, and I just think Lewis is on top of his game right now. Yeah, he is. I'm a, I'm a hey, Lewis Sorry. I think the... I was. I am also a uh, Hamilton supporter, so please don't click off the podcast if you're if you're not. Um, wrong with Hamilton. I don't know why people hate, but carry on, please. Yeah, I think because obviously the DAS system will, is a, a very new thing. We've never seen it before in Formula One like history, like ever. To be honest with you, but yeah. I also personally not of the opinion it's going to be like this massive silver bullet which will you know it's back to 2014 levels no, of domination no. by mercedes but i still think that lewis will edge it but it will be a lot closer i think the tracks that are left especially austria austria last year was a a massive bogey track for mercedes it has been since well since 20, well, for the last track, two years but well, it is literally a red bull track yeah, as well. it literally is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as a yeah i believe that the tracks that are left are still ones that have been problematic for Mercedes, but equally so for the other for the other cars as well. With Ferrari having to scale back, well, what looks like having to scale back their um, straight line speed advantage, they might not be as overpowered in Monza, or and potentially might be better around tracks such as Singapore, which already last year they were very good on. Finally, got that um, that front end stability sorted out with the upgrades they brought to that race, um, but. I mean, if we're moving on from who's going to be the world champion, who's going to be the worst driver out of the big guns, do you guys think? Uh, I fixed on next Natties first last time, so I'll go to Tiger Sesson. So who will finish sixth in the championship or worst out of the lead three teams? I mean, ooh, it's it's interesting because so you're on about Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull here, yeah. So Yeah. Mm, it, it's interesting because I think... I think Verstappen, Verstappen's got potential. Like Verstappen's a very good driver. Like he's he's showing, even with the problems that I mean, Red Bull didn't have problems, but you could see the difference in pace between the Renault and the Honda engine. And I mean, the Honda engine has done very very well. If you've if you noticed it from what it was in the McLaren, it was it was something that no one should ever speak about ever again. But the um, <laughs> The it, what it's done in the Toro one in the Toro Rosso, which is now Alfa Tori, and the uh, and the Red Bull, it's done a very good job. But you can see the the pace that Verstappen has. But I personally, I think I think it could be if Albon stays, which I think is Albon staying at Red Bull. He is, yeah, isn't he? I think yes. that's confirmed. I think it year. I think it might be Albon. But Albon's a he's a talent driver. I mean, he got in there, didn't he? Because um, of Pierre Gasly. Because Pierre Gasly didn't, they changed halfway through the season, and that's a whole different other subject to talk mm. about. But um, he, Al, Albon, obviously, he's, he's in there for a reason, but I don't think he's up to scratches. The likes of because Leclerc has shown he can has a lot of pace. Obviously, Vettel, four-time world champion. Um, but I mean, Bottas is Bottas is an interesting one because Bottas is hasn't got the statistics to say that he can he can do it but i think the car helps him i'm not saying he's a bad driver but i believe that he i think i believe he is helped i think all the drivers are helped by their car but i think he uh, do you know what i mean like it's yeah it's interesting it's interesting but i think for me i think albon is probably out of all of them the weakest link Oh, you're the weakest link. Goodbye. I, mean, I don't know about, um, about you, Nati, but I feel like personally that the thing that swayed me on Albon was the 
Brazilian Grand Prix last year. I think he really showed in that race that you know he can go toe to toe with the the big guns in Formula One, the likes of Sebastian Vettel, that incredible move around the outside after the safety car. So for me personally, I think Albon will build on that. I think already from testing, you saw when he was in interviews and stuff like that, he was a lot more you know confident, a lot more like forthcoming. I feel like he's really he's growing as. A driver as last year it was like oh well i got saved from going to formula e now i'm in formula one i see what i could do i think now he thinks that he belongs in the sport which is why i don't think he'll be the weakest link i think it will be sebastian mm. vettel i i don't Ooh, have yeah, too to honest, higher you've, you've persuaded me now <laughs> <laughs> as i've got changing opinions already as a, I, I personally think that it I will be it. A sebastian vettel he's a mm. uh, a, a down, I'd say a downturn in form that's probably lasted since. Uh, well, I'm not saying I'm not saying Albon's a bad driver. I, I'm not saying a bad driver. I just hmm, it's interesting because Vettel, Vettel, I believe his, he, I don't know, he's dropped in in his performance as what he was when he was back at Red Bull. Ever since he's come to Ferrari, he hasn't been as well performed as he has been. I mean, he had that season with Hamilton where he was close. He was winning those races. And then the season after it will really just wasn't, didn't go well for Ferrari at all. So it is, it is interesting. It's a close call. Uh, I think personally Vettel, even though he had a, an upturn in inverted commas in performance in the late latter half of the season, I think it might not even be enough for Ferrari to reconsider him for the new you know the new cars in 2022 which could see a shake up in the um in the driver line that's from the top teams but that's also another subject i'm going to move on to um, x natty now who obviously will give his 10 cents about who he thinks is the weakest link out of the tops or the assumed top six drivers on the grid assuming that racing point or tracing point have as they've been uh, rather <laughs> cheekily dubbed uh, um won't <laughs> won't cause an upset amongst the top three teams so uh, to you x natty I think the thing that separates Sebastian Vettel and Alex Albon is obviously their experience. You know, you've got Alex Albon's, this is his rookie season in F1. Sebastian Vettel's been in many, many seasons. I think this is his 12th or 13th year. Four-time world champion. I, I, I do want to see Vettel winning again, but I, I'm not sure he's the lead Ferrari driver at the moment. But I think based on last season i want to say albon's probably the weakest out of the six only because of his lack lack of experience you could say he's been he spent the first half of the season in the tour de rosso fighting for points uh, like just to get in the top 10 and then suddenly he's been put in the red bull competing against leclerc and verstappen verstappen's just on another level in that red bull these really young talented maybe potentially could see a move to mercedes or ferrari don't know but yeah i think mine's mine's gonna have to be an albon on that one all right so we've got what's that two for albon one for vettel so far so yeah if you guys obviously if you guys also have your own opinions about this which i'm sure you do let us know in the comments down below or you can get in touch with us on the discord or anything like that and obviously now with the F1 2021 regulations being delayed till 2022, the new cars, you know, the ground effect coming back in a different form to how it was last time. But with all of that stuff coming back, what effect could it have on the 2021 season A? Because we're going to carry over the cars that we have now into 2021, as I'm sure most of you will be aware. But with 
the advantage that Mercedes seem to already have. Uh, only judging from testing, obviously, and obviously you can't read too much into testing, but judging from that, it looks like Mercedes do have the fastest car on the grid. Could that see Lewis Hamilton, you know, pick up a seventh and an eighth title before we even get to the new the new he, cars he, in 2022? He could, he could even beat Schumacher's record. I mean, what's Schumacher? Is it seven Michael Schumacher yeah, has? Yeah, seven championships. So seven. he could potentially, by 2021, be the world the record, um, you know, championship holder. Like, um, oh, yeah. so it's interesting because it could help him out very much in terms of that. But it would have been interesting because Mercedes were thinking about, uh, there was some news about Mercedes pulling out of F1 because of the new regulations. I don't know if any of you saw that, but it was yeah, interesting because they were, they were thinking, because obviously they've got their setup now and they don't, they, they've got their car and they've got the fastest car and they, they don't want to change it. So it's interesting on how, how maybe it would affect the new rules will affect Mercedes uh, in 2022. And, uh, yeah, so that could have quite a um, impact on the stats record as well, and whether Mercedes do decide to pull out. I was never personally uh, uh, interested in the fact, the the point of Mercedes pulling out of the sport. I personally just I can't see it happening. To be honest with you, they still have no, a lot to gain with the sport. Obviously, the the hybrid engines they are still you know furthering electric technology in a sense that all the cars have batteries now. I, I don't know about um, UX Natty how much you bought into the idea that um, Mercedes could depart at the end of next season before the regulations i don't think they i don't i'm not i think it's unlikely they will because only because of their dominance in previous years but if they do decide to put out it'll be a very interesting target market for like the drivers and the teams and whether you'll see lower teams like renault or racing point maybe mclaren even trying to sign lewis hamilton and valtteri mm. bottas and see where they will end up whether they'll go to formula e try and get us another seat in formula Formula One, or whether we see, we'll see a new team with the new regulations. I was trying just about to say that, actually. I was about in. to say, if, if Mercedes were to leave, would we see someone new come in? I mean, we've had many teams over the years. I mean, Lotus was Lotus is a team that was rumoured to come back, and they never came back. I remember BMW were here for a few seasons. They left. There was... I mean, we had Manor, do you remember Manor Racing back in 2016. Oh, yeah. They yeah, they went they went. Um, I think they went into administration. I believe they couldn't they couldn't afford it no more. So they they left. So it's interesting to see on how if with Mercedes do leave, who would who would come in? Um, I, I mean, there was supposed to, to be a. Um, I mean, Aston Martin were trying to get engines together. There was there was all Porsche. sorts of talk. Between Porsche, yeah, Porsche was trying to get in as well, yeah. So, be interesting to see on on how that would work, um, and who would who would come in as as another team. Yeah, I believe there were some some very very quiet rumors, but talk of Penske possibly coming over from the states and buying out the Mercedes team. Which you know, having Penske Penske, if I say it right, sorry, in F one as a team that's taken over that Mercedes operation, that would be that'd be pretty cool, I think. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and uh, so that actually brings us to the end of the story section of the podcast. As a we a bit of a shorter one for this episode, but that just gives me a chance to tell you about what we are planning for the future of this podcast. So, from next episode, I can confirm that we will be having driver interviews. Now, these interviews won't be a part of the. Uh, post-race interview section that was uh, planned to go ahead. These, this is a completely independent 
series from all of the races that happened uh, happen on Gabriel Racing. If you would like to be uh, involved in the podcast in that way, just uh, drop me or Tiger or X Natty a personal message, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, we're also interested in setting up a Q and A, which Tiger Assassin did, who does a lot of work on the Twitter, Discord, and Instagram pages That's for Gabriel Racing. <laughs> <laughs> that he, he's a social media guy. But if you were, if you're interested in getting a, a question answered or have a question for any three of us, uh, just comment in the in the YouTube section down below, or go on to the Discord, the Twitter, or the Instagram to do so. And uh, all of which I, I will find links and put them down below. And uh, thank you all for listening.